everyone. It's April, and Tony and I are back again this week to say hi and talk about our pets and, you know, talk to Veronica. And hopefully we've got some really good questions today. I just got the paper myself. There it is. And uh, hopefully we'll get that all started. Now, what I do want to tell you all about is my dogs are just the love of my life. Um, We went through a flea attack. Uh, because with all the rain we've had in California this past year, the fleas, the bugs, the mosquitoes, you name it, it's out here. And normally we don't have, I mean, you get a little bit of flea stuff, but this was like they were marching in (laughs) and moving in. So I had to do a complete, you know, meltdown of the house and spray everything. And then, of course, Guinness, the first time I put a flea thing on him, it burned his skin terribly. And so that put me on notice that he is not able to take on, like a flea collar, he's not able to take on any sort of chemicals onto his skin if he gets flea. So I went on a search, and I found this stuff called No Bite Me. Now, it's for humans, but I called them up and said, you know, can you use it for dogs too? And they said, absolutely. Um, It's made out of essential oils, and you... There's a shampoo, a soap that you can use to to wash them, and you can do it like every three days. It smells wonderful. And then they have this cream. And I didn't want to put anything on Guinness's skin, but the smell of this is supposed to um, detour fleas from jumping on, like, like if they were wearing a flea collar. It's like a homemade flea collar that doesn't have chemicals in it because Guinness, it would kill him. If I kept doing that to him, it would kill him. So I put it on a silk ribbon because it's got it's more porous, and I saturate the ribbon with it, and I tied it onto his collar. He stopped itching. His skin is healing up nicely. And I think we have survived the flea attack. But I wanted to let all of you know what I was using because I know there's a lot of other dogs out there that just simply cannot tolerate any sort of chemicals on their skin. And this works wonderfully. I was even using it on myself. Um, and it smells nice. Guinness has never smelled so nice. Um, it's kind of like a minty, sagey kind of smell that it's good. And it's keeping the fleas away, which is most important. So they're all sleeping on a big bed right next to me. Very cute. But there's no itching. There's no biting. And... I do run the flea combs through them every morning just to be sure, but there's nothing there. So I wanted to share that with all of you. Tony, do you have flea attacks at your house? Well, uh, Ringo is like a flea magnet. Um, ah. You can it or not, but I think it's because they don't have fur, they have wool. Oh. And he's like wool. So I have never had a problem with that on them. Ringo, of course, um, he can pick them up easy. We have more problems here with ticks. Uh, wow. Again, Alex, don't pick that up. Ringo does. And the cat did. QQ picked one up the other day. Uh. So that, yeah. And we have our yard sprayed for mosquitoes and all of that because if we didn't we'd never be able to go outside and sit on the deck 
And ah. I always thought that was, oh, gee, why are you doing that? But you know what? It's so worth it. Yeah, yeah. We don't have ticks out here that I know of. Yeah. Um, and I'm always checking the dog's fur. And I don't look, when I take them out, I usually put them in this container, you know, that's all, it's all mesh because we yeah. have hawks and owls and all kinds of predators. Right. And with three of them, it's hard to keep track of them all. And I want to give them time to run around a little bit, you know, without being on a leash. And yeah. so I put them in there, and there's a little sunspot. They can sit in the sun. I can be walking around the yard and doing stuff, and they don't have to worry. And they enjoy it. Their beds are in there. Their snacks are in there. And that's pretty much what I take them outside in. So, And I don't take them out when it's really, really hot. Because, no. first of all, again, Guinness is so sensitive, he starts wheezing as soon as the, the air is bad. Yeah. Poor baby. Well, yeah. So, anyway. It does get hot there. Yes. And we're going to have a tropical storm. There's a hurricane, a tropical hurricane coming up Baja, north, south by Mexico, and coming up Baja into Southern California, and by the time it gets to us, it's yeah. supposed to be like a Category 4 tropical storm. So you'll know what I'm doing today and tomorrow. I'm battening down the hatches, taking the umbrellas <laughs> down, taking down, you know, anything that would blow away. And I know right. if I do that, we probably won't get hit that hard. If I didn't That's do anything, why. the whole place would go up. <laughs> That's why you have to go out there and do it. Yeah, sure. and I've, I've got most of it done. I'm going to do a little bit more later on this afternoon, and the birds will be fine, the tortoises will be fine, and, of course, we're supposed to get really heavy rain, which is a good thing. We need the rain, and yeah. having this come during fire season is kind of a relief because it's going to wet everything down for at least yeah. 10 days, and that will take us even further past, you know, August and September. July, August, September are bad fire months here. Sometimes right. October. So if it's raining in the middle of that, I'm in. Rain. Because that will take down the dryness, take down, you know, wet down the dry leaves and the brush and stuff. Because no matter how much you pull the brush out here in California, it comes back so fast. I mean, it's constant brush clearance. But they really come down on you hard out here. We have to have it all completely cleared by the 1st of May, or they come down, and they're pretty nasty. Um, they'll do it for you and charge you, like, you know, $5,000 to do it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, we'll do it for you. Sure. Sure. You know, I'm like, oh, boy. So I do have a real good guide to do it. Now, it took a while to find one, but I, I, I got a good guy who knows. Because I have him come twice a year, so it's not such a mess in yeah. May. You know, so we're out... October, November, I think I'll have them come in and do just a little clearing, just just to keep it down, you know, never know. That's so right. anyway, I'm going to go get Veronica. I'm sure she's chomping at the bit over there, waiting for me to come Oh, here. I did. Okay. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show today. And um, it's been a rainy, rainy day in Maine for the past few days, but um, I don't mind. Um, took off a little bit of the humidity, so if you're on the East Coast, you know what I'm talking about. Um, great question. I encourage you, as I always do, to write in 
to innerwhispersradio.com. And that's I-N-N-E-R whispersradio.com. Are you there, Veronica? Mm-hmm. Yes, we are. Good day. Good day to you. Um, our first question is coming from Perry. When a loved one dies of a disease, such as cancer or fibrosis, does she die in all of her parallel lives as well? No. The parallel lives are all the choices you didn't make and all the things that didn't happen to you. And so when you die in your life here, the parallel loves don't collapse. They finish out with whatever um, dramatics they may have going on. And some of those lives, you may not have ever contracted cancer or ever had a sick moment. And maybe you were robust and able to go a little longer. Parallel lives are created so that you have the opportunity to experience the full gamut, 360 degrees of the dramatics that you're participating in for your growth. So there are some lives that will finish out, but once they finish out, then they dissolve into the main unit and um, everybody just moves on from there. But not all parallel lives finish at the same time is what we're trying to say. Okay, our next question is coming from Deborah. With the universe with the universe then infinite, how are we able to find our soul we have known once we leave the earthly linear existence? The universe is infinite. It is. But like attracts like. Vibration recognizes vibration. When you come to the other side, you're not thinking in linear terms anymore, like where are they? You will move into their frequency. Their frequency is there, and you will, like a magnet, be attracted to it. You don't have to run around and search for them um, on the other side. It isn't a linear experience. It's an energetic experience. And the magnetic attraction between two energies that know each other or have had participation together or are very similar in their frequencies don't have to go looking. It suddenly is just there. And that's the difference between eternal and linear. Linear, you kind of have to walk towards it. In the eternal, you don't. Okay. Our next question is coming from Stephen. There was a great deal of animosity between my father and other family members before they all passed. Does this animosity manifest on the astral, on, on the astral, as everyone waits to greet a rearriving fragment, do you have to deal with these conflicts? Once you arrive on the other side, you have the ability to access all of yourself, all of your life, all of your experiences. And perhaps the animosity that your father was feeling with these other energies is taking a real backseat to other things that have gone on. When you're looking at the bigger picture, even the most negative things in the linear just suddenly sort of fade away a little bit. And 
when you have a better viewpoint and a bigger viewpoint, it's easier to discuss what has gone wrong because it's not such a huge thing. We think what happens in the linear, because it's so thick and dense, something happens in a family. The father has trouble with the rest of the members, and it escalates. The dramatics escalate and escalate and escalate until they're almost like a city of their own. And that doesn't happen in the eternal. Things don't escalate like that. And if you're having an argument or having animosity with somebody, it's usually highly emotionally charged. And the more emotional you get about it, the higher charge it comes, and the dramatics can become implosive or explosive. And you don't have to, you know, think that it's going to be like that forever because it's not. So make sure that when you are dealing with things and you're dealing with people, always remember that you have to maybe not carry that into the afterlife. And if somebody really gave you a hard time in the linear, you might request to say, look, I don't want to have to talk to them or participate with them again until they've done a bit more involvement. And sometimes that can happen. Sometimes, like say your father was there before someone else who crossed. He might have gone off and had some what we call therapy, you know, spiritual therapy. And by the time somebody shows up from the rest of the family, perhaps he has evolved out of whatever was causing him to be so negative in the first place. So there are lots of options and a lot of ways to solve conflict in the eternal that sometimes just isn't available in the linear. But as we look at the energy, Susan, it looks like everybody's getting along over there. The, the, the name you mentioned and the family, we kind of moved into it. Everybody, we think, has resolved the animosity. So take that to your heart and know that there is hope even when there is really awful negativity going on between people. Oftentimes it does get resolved in the eternal. Our next question is coming from Michael. Have all the members of the Kedra achieved the same level of spiritual growth? That's members of the cadre. And Ah. no, they're not all the same. There's about 20 individuals in there, and sometimes not everybody gets the memo. And sometimes there are those within it that decide not to grow, you know, to abandon or completely get away from the reason that they have incarnated altogether. It can happen with a member of your cadre. So, no, there's, it's not the same. Now, there are times where someone's in a cadre and they go off on a real negative, you know, road. It might take them a long time to evolve themselves enough to get back into the cadre, which a lot of times that does happen. But there are some individual energies that lose their way and don't participate in the cadre anymore. But it's certainly not a homogenized experience. It's all very individualistic, not a competition, not a race, but nobody um, at the same level. It's always varied and it's always a bit challenging maybe sometimes. Okay. Well, that was our last question. And you'd like to take a break and come back and give the message to the world. That would be great. All right. Okay. Well, I want to thank everyone for listening to the show today. Interesting questions as always. And, you know, 
if you have any questions on the questions we had on this show, write in. Let us know. We will try to get it on the air as soon as we can. And don't forget, write in to innerwhispersradio.com. Are you there, Veronica? Yes, we are. So here we are again. The days keep moving by. The earth continues to turn. Drama is still at a great level in the cultures. But we think all of you need to start taking more personal time with your energy. Spend time with those you love. Spend time with your pets. Spend time focusing upon the beauty of the planet. Now, we realize that all sounds very, very, you know, Pollyanna kind of advice. But you're in complicated times. There's complication everywhere you look. So to back up location is something that should and can be done. Decide to simplify. Decide to let go of something that really doesn't make a difference and it's just your ego wanting to be right. Decide that you're going to spend time with those pets. Spend as much as you can. That The time with them is so valuable. And decide that you're going to be happy and find those little nuances in your day. You're in complicated times. Don't be complicated along with it. Don't allow yourself to become complicated. Sit with yourself and decide what is the simple and most best way to move through your life. Eliminate all the complications that are personal to you that if you really take a good look at them, you're going to see that it's like, man, why am I doing this? And if you have any of those, why am I doing this, they really need to be examined, either altered or eliminated. Become simple in how you think about things. Become loving. Even if it feels like it's going to be hard to do, decide to be loving. Take every day and find something good in it. And we realize you're going to have to dig deep to find it. But don't let yourself get caught up in all the complications. Let the warring factions duke it out and get it done. In the meantime, you focus on your soul, focus on those you love, and focus, you know, if you have a dog or a cat, spend some extra time with them. The day will come when they're going to be leaving before you and you're going to wish you had. Animals have a very simple way of looking at things. And to hang around with them, maybe some of that will rub off on you. So every day, uncomplicate your life. Complicate the things that you do. Look for a simple pattern and enjoy that simple pattern because those complications can really give you a headache. Simplify. Be loving. Be kind. Spend time with love people that you love, the animals that you love, and spend time with yourself because it's important that you love yourself as well. So, simplify. That is the message of the day. Simplify your emotions and how you react and what you're doing in this reality. You'll find it to be quite useful as you move through your day. Well, thank you, Veronica. That was a beautiful message. And I want to thank everyone for listening to the show today. 
And we'll be back with you with more questions next week. Until then, have a good weekend and take care of yourself. Bye-bye.